Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to A Few Things, where we give our greatest discoveries the podcast they deserve. I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. This show is brought to you by Ofakind. Find out more and sign up for a newsletter at ofakind.com. And while you're there, why not order a copy of our book, Work Wife? It is chock full of conversations with amazing female partners. And leave us a voicemail. Oh my gosh, three of, of a kind. kind. Leave us a review on iTunes. That's how people find out about this wonderful podcast. And you should or if be you tell it people, yourself. Or if you tell people, they also find out that way. Either one. Yeah. The review is worth like a little bit more in weight, you know. But is it? I, I think so. Okay. Well, I don't. Well, you don't. You don't think direct marketing is... algorithmically? Oh, <laughs> is what I mean. Yeah, algorithm. It carries more weight with the algorithm, and the algorithm is our master. So, speaking you know. of the algorithm, what's something you've been really into lately? <laughs> speaking of the algorithm, <laughs> yeah. Let's um, just keep it on the topic of the algorithm. Yeah, I. You know what the algorithm has been serving me is these bookends we have on our site. <laughs> Um, is that what it's been serving yeah, you? <laughs> yeah, that's what it's been serving me. Um, these beautiful Dumbo bookends by Tortuga that are very reasonably priced. They're beautiful colors. I predict they're going to be like that thing for us that we can't keep in stock. We just yeah. put them up on the site. And we occasionally have these little like home, home. cute home yeah, yeah, things yeah. that we just cannot keep in stock because they're feel like just challenging enough, like just a little splash, like lipstick for the home. But even more than that, Claire... I looked for bookends probably six or seven years ago, mm-hmm. and it's really hard to find good-looking, non-obtrusive, yeah. not crazy expensive bookends Agreed. that feel like stylistically right, Agreed. that aren't like $200. And you're like, well, I don't want to pay $200 for no. bookends. No, thank you. You can use a jar full of pennies for that, you know? <laughs> yeah. $200 worth of pennies in <laughs> yeah. a jar, and that's your $200 bookend, not that's these. Right. Um, these are also done percent off with the code, a few things. Um, so the thing I was trying to, I you know, know for with the algorithm was uh, Diane Keaton. Yeah. Diane yeah. Keaton's Instagram. So we talked about Diane Keaton's Instagram recently, um, and we just wanted to congratulate her on a huge milestone. We, she reached 1 million followers. So clearly, us spreading the word worked. Um, you know, totally. We, you're welcome, Diane Keaton. Um, a related. This is related and unrelated. Gripe. Mm-hmm. I checked. I was on Quakeway's Instagram. Real mm-hmm. Quakeway. Um, Serena Williams's daughter, daughter's dolls Instagram recently, and was upset to discover that Quakeway only has 120,000 followers. Wow, that's not very much. Trash. That is trash. People. That's like less than that woman who got. 
engaged and married on Instagram last way week. less. And I can tell you what, Quay Quay's content is <laughs> far superior. No, you're absolutely right. Far about superior. That. So like, whatever. Let's give let's give Quay Quay the Diane Keaton bump. Yes, let's, like keep <laughs> this going. If you're not following the real Quay Quay, get on real that. Quay Quay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, back to Diane. Back Keaton. to Diane Keaton, who reached not one, to steal her thunder. Who reached one million followers and was really excited about it and did a, a carousel post featuring some of her all-time favorite comments to celebrate. That's right. Um, and I'm just going to read you. I think there's just two that are worth reading out loud. Someone said, I have a friend whose name is, I have a friend whose cat is named Diane Kitten. I thought you should know. It's wonderful. It's great content. My other favorite one is, six years ago, you were driving and stopped your car to yell at me while I was walking my border collie in Santa Monica. Great dog, you shouted. <laughs> I was like, OMG, Diane Keaton loves my dog. I still relive that moment. Um, so how did this inspire you? How did this well, change your life? Okay, I think you misinterpreted. What <laughs> oh, wait, actually, I do have one more comment that I want to read because she I think she really enjoyed this like comment roundup. So yeah. now she's doing it. Okay. It's like something blogger like Cup of Joe does yeah, it, totally. and I like it yeah. a lot. And you know, I think that Diane Keaton is just getting the hang of the internet. And so now she's like, oh, this comment thing works. Yeah, totally. And I think she has good commenters. You she know? has good commenters. She credits them all. So the most recent one she posted is stop yelling or you're going to have nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. That was from Allie Sundberg. (laughs) (laughs) My goodness. And then her caption was, yet another all-time favorite comment in celebration of one million. (laughs) (laughs) And the yelling is because she writes in all caps. In all caps, yes. She's very dedicated to all caps. Although she's taking the time to explain to her followers before that that she's not yelling. It's just easy. It's it's just just ease. It's her style. Yeah, that's right. Um, Well, no, when I was showing you this, I had a moment where I was like, weird, I yelled at a stranger on the street the other day, too. I wonder if I was subconsciously inspired by... Diane Keaton. What? Because I was really charmed by that. And I think you were. You think it? Yeah. Well, it was definitely not conscious. But well, I uh, of course not. (laughs) Because also the stopping and yelling at someone on the street is rarely a conscious act. I don't think. (laughs) Oh yeah. I (laughs) what you what you yell? No, I just yelled something very simple. I was on my run and Uh I run in the mornings and it was graduation season and there was a young woman um, standing in front of her home. And her, who I think was her grandma, was standing on her steps taking a picture of her. And the grandpa was like sitting on the stoop sort of um, watching it all go down. And it was such a sweet scene. So as I ran by, I just like shot my hand up in a wave and said, congratulations. And then I was so embarrassed that I did it, (laughs) that I ran so fast. Thank God I was already running. So it wasn't obvious that I was running away from the scene. Yeah. But I was like. It's like as though you committed a minor crime. I do love saying congratulations. Congratulations to people who are like obviously in a moment. celebratory moment. Yeah, yeah, like I used to. This used to happen a lot when I lived in Dumbo and, and there'd be there. so many weddings. There'd be so many engagement shoots. So I'd be like running by and I'd be like, "Hey, congrats, congrats, congratulations! <laughs> you look great." And um, I think I'm just out of practice, so I got really like uncomfortable doing it this time. Do you think that's going to make you do it more or less? Like the being feeling less. out of practice. Okay. And I feel sad about that because I think you know the instinct is right, but. You know, I actually did do it again recently, but it was in a more subtle way. I think my problem what, what actually, made it subtle. So here's here's what now that I'm talking this through, I'm realizing the problem is yeah 
they were across the street. They were on oh, the other wow. side of the street. And so I you think, were like yelling across traffic, I, more or less. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there wasn't, wasn't traffic because it was early in the morning. Right. But there, could, but there could have been cars that you were. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it was the too proximity and it was, was too not loud, and they had to like swivel their heads and be like, "Who the fuck just said that?" You it know what I mean? Too loud. Yeah. It was just like them having to like look around and be like, "Wait, were yeah. they talking to us?" Whereas the other day, I was walking in front of the Brooklyn Library, Brooklyn Public Library the central location on Grand Army and there was a graduation happening inside and I passed like a group of people on the sidewalk all in their graduation garb and was very close to them and just like, you know, sort of in a normal uh, register said, congratulations. And they were like, thanks. And it was totally normal and I was not embarrassed. So I think think the volume, yeah, I think the volume, there was, um, there was, when I was walking to the train today, there was a, the sound of a child like losing Mm -hmm. his fucking mind. Um, it was across the street and it was so loud and I turn and I like usually don't turn and look because what's the point of turning and looking but it was like for half a block while you're walking just this like (sighs) like losing it and I turn and look and the child was like 12 or 13. Wow. Um, And there clearly was just like the child this kid didn't want to be going wherever the parent was like telling him to go like it wasn't there was like no there was no like thing happening that warranted this huge meltdown makes me sad and yeah. scared and it made me like be like wow that's how long that goes on huh mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that's yeah. curious you can throw because i expected like a five or six year old yeah. when no, i turned you can throw a tantrum for a real long time yeah you could throw a tantrum now if you want i don't know i don't know if that's yeah. true you know i did mean to um asterisk this topic to get back to diane keaton yeah that and maybe we can come back around to this at some point more in depth. But if you're enjoying the Diane Keaton content, I yeah. do highly recommend Sarah Jessica Parker's Instagram. Yeah. She is equally sort of n- does not know how to be anything but herself on Instagram. She doesn't have a social media manager either. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah. it's quite charming. Yeah. Into it. Um, um, should we bring our guests let's on? Let's do it. So you were super early to the Four Sigmatic craze. Uh, Years ago. Years ago, you showed up. I was actually so annoyed with you because we had our Scandal Club Holiday Spectacular, which is the holiday meeting of our scandal-watching club. That doesn't watch Scandal, hasn't for years. And you showed up with gifts. And I was like, nobody told me we were bringing gifts to this thing. But you did. And they were very cutely wrapped boxes of... They were small gifts. They were these little boxes of the Four Sigmatic mushroom cocoa, which felt like the perfect combination of holiday and wellness. Truly. And also, like, they were small. They were, like, you know, under $10. I was was, just not given a heads up that it was a gift exchange, you know? Well, everybody gave... There was, like... Ruthie also gave us like things that she had collected at work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was, yeah. it was like not a like we're spending a lot of money right. uh Neiman Marcus catalog no, gift exchange. Not like that. It was just a sort of chill give a small gift to show people that you love them maybe and you would give a gift at another time. Yeah, exactly. Um, um so for Sigmatic, mm-hmm. we've been on this train for some time now. Now they have coffee mixes which are really delicious. They do taste like coffee, they don't taste like mushrooms, which is ideal. Yes. Um it has lion's mane mushrooms in it, the coffee mix. They have actually been used by Buddhist monks for a long time to help with focus during meditation. They can help promote productivity and focus. They are made with 100% organic Arabica coffee beans and it really I tasted it and you know I'm off coffee but I had a sip of yours and it really did taste like coffee and none of that jitteriness you know it's like a much more mellow mellow lift if you want to try for yourself get 15% off your next order by going to foursigmatic.com slash a few things and using the code a few things that's 15% off foursigmatic.com 
S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com slash a few things with the code a few things. Give it a try, huh? Our next guest we are so excited about. She was very early to the scamming trend. Uh, Um, Way earlier than she'd want to be. Way earlier. Uh, Photo editor in Vanity Fair um, and recently published My Friend Anna about her former friend, Anna Delvey, who I think a lot of us know as fake heiress. Fake heiress, yeah. yeah. Who scammed her out of a shit ton of money. Yeah. 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 Um, So first of all, (laughs) I'm so sorry that this happened to you. Thank you. Thank Um, you. This is terrible. It was not easy, no, but I'm glad to be on this side of things, and I'm very excited to be here with you guys. I'm a big fan. Oh, thank you. Well, we're first in contact, right, Mm -hmm. sort of right after your Vanity Fair story about your experience came out, Mm because Clara had included it in 10 things. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And it was like, this story, like, blew up the internet. I mean, you know. Um, It It was was a surprise to me, but yes, (laughs) it was a surprise to you. So tell us about how the article came about. Um, I had been writing just as a catharsis for myself Mm -hmm. to help kind of understand what had happened and all. Also, I felt like I needed to remember every detail, but also I didn't want to keep replaying everything yeah. in my mm-hmm. head. So I just needed to do almost an exorcism to get yeah. the facts and, and all of the scenes and the interactions down on paper so that they could still exist, just not in my and brain. And you're swirling around in your brain. Right, yeah. exactly. Um, so I was writing for myself and then it was actually in early spring after this had spring of 2018, and this Mm -hmm. had happened in 2017, I got contacted by another writer who was writing about Anna for New York Magazine. And I sort of got this email and had a panic attack and was just grappling with what to do about it and whether I wanted to share my story in that way. And ultimately, I decided it was really important for me to tell my story in my own words. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I decided to quickly write an article, um, which wasn't, I mean, it wasn't hard to get enough words. It was hard to get did you know that you wanted to publish it in Vanity Fair, which was your employer at the time? Um, obviously, that would have been a dream. I, I didn't know that Vanity Fair would want to publish my article. Yeah. Um, I ended up actually talking to my cousin, who is a writer, uh, Arielle Levy, and she helped me to think about... She's an amazing writer. Yeah, yeah. she's yeah. wonderful. Um, she very graciously helped me to think through what my options might be, and she ended up connecting me with her former editor who would, she'd worked with at New York Magazine, okay. um, who happened to work at Vanity Fair. So oh I my kind gosh. of took a weird way <laughs> yeah, of ending yeah, yeah, up yeah, right yeah. where I was. Yeah. 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 That's fascinating. Yeah. And then it actually went out online and then our editor-in-chief saw it there and was like, we should put this in print. So oh, I wow. did everything kind of backwards, but it all worked out. Yeah. Seriously. And what was the sort of what was the reaction like of your colleagues who were like, wait, you work in the photo department. Now you have like, I know article. you, I see you in yeah. meetings all the time. And I had no idea this was happening in your life. I got a lot of hugs. Yeah, um, good. that's good. Nice. Yeah. I think by the time I had come out, I was feeling more um, stable than I had yeah. mm-hmm. felt going through it, obviously. Um, but I feel like when people realized what I had gone through without them realizing it, they mm-hmm. were very emotional, Yeah, mm-hmm. which was very touching to me. But I, I found myself comforting other people a lot yeah. and telling them like, I'm really okay now. Like, yeah, it's yeah. Well, it's hard because it, or it's hard for like people. To, it's it helps people remember that people experience all these things that are that aren't part of their workday, right? Um, have no in their lives, and that they just on. have no idea what's happening right. in people's lives. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm going to butcher the quote, but that idea that you never know what someone else is going. Yeah, through. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody's fighting their own private battles or something yeah, like that. Right. that yeah. Idea definitely applied. <laughs> um, so, how do you? What's your like quick way of explaining what exactly happened to you? Um, I, quick way, elevator pitch version. I was recently out of a relationship, 
going through a phase where I felt kind of isolated in lower Manhattan. Yeah. Um, most of my friends had moved to Brooklyn. This girl that I had known the year prior, but not particularly well, came she back. She was like friend of a friend. Right. Yeah. Like kind of out with my friend group yeah. sometimes. Also, that wasn't my closest friend group. She was just, yeah, an acquaintance of acquaintances, friends of yeah. friends. Um, she moved back to New York, checked into Eleven Howard, a hotel not far from where I live, and started asking me to hang out with her all the time. And I enjoyed her company. We became friends. Like, we hung out a lot. Her hotel was on my walk home from work, and I always walked to and from work. It it was fun. It was nice to have someone to spend time with. We did fun things. We, we ate out a lot. We worked out with personal trainers. She invited me on a trip that she wanted to go on because she needed to reset her ESTA visa, which is a visa that allows you to yeah. be in the United States for three months at a time. Um, she framed it as like a work trip because she wanted to make a documentary film while she was there about this art foundation she was creating. I had known her long enough to think that that was normal within her world of mm -hmm. existence, which yep. was very different from your world yeah. Of, yeah, and a lot of people's worlds, but it was totally. like not outside of the realm of her possibility. Right. And like, I guess in the New York context and working at yeah. Vanity Fair, like in the industry, in the city, it's not oh, unusual yeah. to meet people like that. It doesn't happen every day, but yeah. they exist. Yeah. yeah. So I went on this trip with her. Um, she invited a personal trainer and a videographer mm -hmm. to work on this documentary film. And then midway during the trip, everything kind of fell apart. I ended up having to put my credit cards down for the hotel because they didn't have a functioning card on file. I was led to believe that the, like, the hold on my card would be temporary and she'd pay when she checked out. Mm -hmm. I checked out or I left before her because I was going on for a work trip. Long story short, of course, it all ended up on my cards. And by the time I got back from yeah. Morocco, she owed me $62,000. And made you think that you were going to be reimbursed yes. in short order. Didn't disappear. Yeah. Just kept in touch constantly. And, for, and yeah. you were in constant communication with yeah. her. It's not like she ghosted you. She was like texting you. You guys were texting every single day about with these wires and like all of, yeah. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. So I, my first question, is it emotionally, is it easy for you to talk about it now or do you still get emotional about it? Um... I think part of that depends on the context. Mm -hmm. I've certainly gotten very familiar with talking about yeah. it. The trial was very, very hard and emotional. I think having to tell the story and rely on a jury or the, you know, the press or whomever to believe me mm -hmm. made me feel pressured in a different way than I feel here talking to you both. Yeah. Well, um, and it's also just a, a certain amount of uh, intense. Uh, attention and speculation that I don't think anybody and really public wants. scrutiny. Yeah, scrutiny right. is the word. And I mean, I think yeah. you know, you talk about in the book um, the experience of being cross-examined and the experience of you know the cross-examination. Inherently, the attempt it's to throw you under a bus um, right. and just to make you feel like you know you've somehow done wrong in this situation where you know that you haven't, but there's sort of nothing that you can do. Um, mm -hmm. And it was yeah. it was particularly hard because I was trying so hard not to sound defensive while still defending myself yeah, because yeah. I know there's you know the lady doth protest too much but yeah. I I so ardently wanted everybody to believe me but uh, like course. at the same time like where but you don't want to get be emotional or angry right. or like yeah or but, to but think, that's hard to think yeah. too much I, I, I'm also just trying to tell I mean I'm telling yeah. the truth so I'm just sitting up there like being painfully aware that everybody's watching my every move yeah. but also like I'm telling the truth and yeah. it just it, that was very hard but I've gotten I've certainly I think writing the book explored every vantage point to the story, or at least I've tried, and I've tried to tell it as honestly and unflinchingly as I can, looking at my yeah. motives and how this happened and like what to take away from it. So I think I've explored it all thoroughly. Yeah. One of the things that I have taken away from the book is that 
the way you describe Anna brings to mind other people who I've met, who I've been suspicious of, of just like, and not, not like I necessarily think these people are scammers or at least scammers on the scale that she is, but you recognize certain people in her, in her behaviors and feel, and people who then have been revealed to be like sometimes fraudulent. And I'm like, it sort of, for me, it's like they're fraudulent in some way, um, yeah, like about maybe who they are exactly. or like what their motives are or whatever. Yeah. And I think reading the book validated my instincts a little bit. Like I was like, oh, right. People like this are usually not giving you the entire story or they're they're usually sort of like faking it on some level. And and it did make me it sort of um, strengthened my instincts around that of like I was right about that person or I shouldn't pursue that person because I do think there's something weird there. And I'm curious if it has impacted you and the relationships you pursue or do you have a hard time trusting people or do you feel like you are trusting your gut more when it comes to people? Um, all of the above. I think it's it has changed how I view other people to an extent. It's also definitely changed how I'm aware of myself mm -hmm. and more aware of my impulse to want to trust people and to mm -hmm. look for the good in people. And I try much harder now to actually see what's in front of me and not make excuses for everybody uh, constantly. Yeah. And when I do see those things like you're talking about where someone's not giving you the full story or they're shifty, it's not unusual, especially like in New York or in, in this industry or I don't know what this industry is anymore. I guess like <laughs> media, art, fashion, yeah. media. Like, yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> a lot of people are kind of shifty and that's part of what you have to do, I think, in a competitive business world. But it just helps like knowing that it helps me now to set clearer boundaries and to manage my own expectations. And I don't need to be shown like again and again and again, right. like this is it. Yeah. This is, this is what you see is what yeah. you're getting. Yeah. 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 Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring today's episode. You and I are so spoiled because we live in New York where they're like great doctors, great mm -hmm. therapists, great everything available to us. And I was helping talking to a family member recently who is looking for good therapists. And it's just like having so much trouble finding people locally when you don't live in a place as, you know, congested with good <laughs> medical care as New York is. <laughs> Truly, um, which is why it's really wonderful that BetterHelp exists. BetterHelp is online counseling and you can get it on your own time and at your own pace. They have 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists all across 50 states and four modes of communication, text, chat, phone, and video. So it truly doesn't matter where you live. You can start communicating with a counselor in under 24 hours and schedule weekly secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. Anything you share is confidential. And if for any reason you're not happy with your counselor, you can request a different one. Which is nice because you got to find that someone who's like the actual right fit for you and you should be able to That's do trial right. and error and not feel like you're stuck with a therapist. I think it's so important to talk to multiple therapists, like sort of interview them, especially if you're just seeing a therapist for the first time yes. and aren't familiar with like the, the, the process and what the connection yeah. is going to need to feel like. Exactly. Yeah. Best of all, BetterHelp is a truly affordable option. A few things with Claire and Erica listeners get 10% off your first month with discount code a few things. So why not get started today? Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. Go to betterhelp.com slash a few things. That's betterhelp.com slash a few things. You have spent so much time in the, in this drama, um, like, you know, both trying to get your money back and then sort of realizing what was happening and um, helping the DAs and being involved in the case and testifying and, you know, writing the book and now putting the book out into the world. How do you take care of yourself while being in such a just emotionally trying setting? 
One of the things that I'm trying to do is, and it's something I heard you guys talk about in your book, is not not treat everything as though it's the most urgent thing. Mm-hmm. It's really about prioritizing what what I need to do right now and what can wait till later. Yeah, and then sort of checking in with myself. And sometimes I can't start first thing in the morning because I don't feel up for it. Yeah, I go for yeah. a walk. I try to reset my my energy or just like rebalance my intentions for the day. Um, getting sleep is obviously really key. Drinking yeah. a lot of, I just try and like really take care of the basics, like eat well, sleep well. Um, yeah. And be aware of what your needs are. And confide more in my friends, I think. Mm. I've, you know, for a long time I went through this story kind of on my own. I, yeah. I confided in a few people, but I think after this experience, I'm much more um, open with my loved ones and, and I enjoy sharing the good things yeah. and also like confiding in them when something is more challenging. I do I, think that's yeah. really important because it is, ult- it's a check and a balance, right? Like if, if you're telling your friends things and they're raising red flags for you, sometimes that helps. You Absolutely. Know? I mean, I did very much relate to you when you were talking about um, your sort of reticence or like the slowness of wanting to share this information with people and just feeling like, oh, like if I, if I tell somebody what's happening now, I'm going to have to keep them up to date on it. I'm going to have to like keep them in the loop. And that is a feeling I have very regularly in my life of just feeling like, okay, if I like, if I let someone in on this thing, they're going to ask me about it because that's what a good friend would do, right? Mm-hmm. They would check in and be like, what's happening? But do I have it in me to update 15 people about this? Or like, right. how do I manage this flow of information in a way that isn't emotional, doesn't create more emotional labor for myself? Right. Um, it's hard. But I think sometimes the answer is just articulating that when you're telling them, like, I'm going to tell you this. I may not have the energy to keep you posted every day, but know mm-hmm. that I know that you know, and that I know that you're there when I need you. A hundred percent. Maybe that's enough. Yeah, that's great advice. That's maybe great I thought. should have thought about that. I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> So let's take it back to the article. What happened after the article came out? Well, um, it kind of, it just went everywhere. Uh, yeah. And, and the other article for New York Magazine also came out within the same month. Mm-hmm. And I think... The story was like, it became a big news story yeah, that maybe it, nobody saw coming as a big news story. 100%. And I, I knew that the story was wild having lived through it. Yeah. And I knew that Anna was really like just this bizarre mind-twisting human, and I understood the attention. I didn't expect it to sort of blow up the way that it did. That was surprising to me, and I also didn't expect this this sort of um, reaction to her that seemed to to support her in some way as, like, this anti- Describe that. Well, there were, like... I get it that she's funny, and I think that sometimes what starts out as internet humor takes on, like, a layer of seriousness. Yeah. Um, Sort of this idea that she's an anti-establishment hero taking on hedge funds or banks and, like, these systems that people are kind of like She's rooting like for to undermine such a selective interpretation of the but story. But it's like almost it it's the same way that like in Killing Eve, like uh, what's yeah. her face is. Yeah, Villanelle. Villanelle yeah, is yeah. like, people like are sort of drawn to her as yeah. this like, it's that same sort of like, this person's clearly like, there's something not right. Yeah. There's a lot not right with this person. Right. But there's like some sort of weird thing people of, latch on to. That's what yeah. drew me in too. Yeah. Like, yeah. obviously I didn't know the extent of right. what wasn't right, but there is that sort of elusive something that makes you hypnotized by this yeah. person and you want to just keep watching because you can't your brain's like there's something but I can't put my finger on yeah. it and like that's how I got drawn in as well so I understand it certainly I do think though you know this like there, there were hashtags that said free Anna on oh, the wow. internet okay. there were like people that were like did you feel like when you saw those did did it hurt your feelings or were you just like this is ridiculous 
Both? Yeah. I mean, I, I tried, I, I couldn't take it personally right. because nobody knew me. Um, and even if they'd read the article, it was such a small piece of the bigger story mm-hmm. that I, I tried to really, like, uh, disassociate or just, something. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. To yeah. distance mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. from their reactions and to rec- like recognize, well, they're operating only from what they know, what their experience is, and the small thing I've given them. Yeah. Sounds like you really are operating from the perfect frame of mind to be an internet celebrity. I think you <laughs> oh my got this. This sounds like really healthy thinking around. <laughs> Thank you. Around really all of this. I don't know if that's yeah. the end goal, but <laughs> if that's a, that's a, well, but it's, it's funny. It's ironic. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'll take it. Yeah. Kind of related to that. If when you if you meet someone now who doesn't have context around sure. this, how do you address this thing? Um, because this thing does not is not who you are. This does not define oh, you. This is you know what sure. I mean. But like how like people obviously it also has been a big part of your life. And mm-hmm. you know, in writing a book about it, like, it will continue to be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, adjust this thing. I guess. Uh, like I was very fortunate growing up to have really positive relationship models. I really valued friendship and I put those things so much at the forefront of my values as a Mm -hmm. person that I went above and beyond what maybe some other people would do in terms of trying to find the good in this girl that I thought was my friend for too long. Like, like it's sad. It was actually very sad how long I tried to convince myself, even when I knew the truth that I was wrong. I went, like, I wanted so bad for her to come through in the end and yeah. like, but I think like everybody that has that experience and I think a lot of people just don't have the fallout that you had whether it's a right. friend or a boyfriend or you know what a business like partner you, you drew a very the, short straw yeah, <laughs> yeah. like it's like yeah. circumstantially you were dealt sure. like a, yeah this was a shitty situation but but mm-hmm. like looking for the good in a person being like god I'm rooting right. for you as yeah. my friend that's the right instinct so that's how I explain yeah. how it happened there's not necessarily an ideal mark there's not a person that is more likely to be conned it has yeah. a lot to do with circumstance and the fact that I was feeling isolated lonely coming out of a relationship mm-hmm. in the mood for something more spontaneous like yep. I, I I see it as a byproduct of that it doesn't mean that I'm like faultless I, I you know I overlooked instincts I had or mm-hmm. I felt and look where it got me um but it's a thing that happened I look forward yeah. to moving on from and yeah hopefully that there'll be something else so that it, it feels like a funny party trick yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah oh yeah I'm that girl that got con out of me like yeah 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 it's not yeah. really what I was going for with my like if you Google my name, this right. is what comes up. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was writing a book about it an easy decision given you had already written the article or was it like, whoa, that feels like another, I don't know if I'm ready to go there? Um, I think it's actually the opposite for me. I I think I, I mean, I had started writing for myself, as I mm-hmm. said, but um, it in many ways felt too complex and too long-winded to mm-hmm. be an article, which mm-hmm. is part of why my article ended up being as long as it it was. I think a lot of people probably didn't read it. I ate it up so every long. word. Um, well, thank you. Um, so I, I, especially having had part of the story out there, it was really important to me that if people... To get the rest. Yeah. So yeah. people could respond to the full picture and, yep. and get to know me a little better as a person. Mm-hmm. That um, makes sense. And your story has also been optioned by HBO. It has. Yeah. I'm I very mean, excited that, yeah, that. yeah. There were there were a lot of moments in the book that felt very cinematic yeah. to me um, of just like you turning over your binder mm-hmm. to the D.A. And that yeah. just felt like to me like, <laughs> oh, my God. And they were like, have you thought about going into it? It was just. Yeah, yes, that felt I have. That felt really <laughs> yeah. magical. Well, um, who would you want to play you in a movie or TV show? Oh, I have no opinion about that. I, what? <laughs> I really don't. Really? Yeah. This has been one huge exercise in letting go of my vanity. <laughs> like, have, have at me, people. <laughs> So I love it. Um, I feel uh, 
a little rude asking this, but are you coming okay. out on top ultimately? Yes. Good. Um, and it didn't happen until very late in the game, like yeah. post-trial, but American Express ended up protecting me from the hotel charges. Wow. Yeah. I had already, How good do you feel about American Express? Good. <laughs> yeah. I had already like made the money back through the, writing the book and like repaid my debts yeah. and stuff. Yeah. What content, what media, what like are you consuming these days? What are you enjoying? How are you escaping? I listen to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> um, I also have been reading, but mostly I've been reading books about confidence artists. <laughs> because what's something funny that's happened after this is I keep being approached by people who have had similar experiences. Yeah. Oh, and some of them are looking to me for guidance. And yeah. I just yeah. want to be maybe more educated about like the spectrum yeah. of, of how this happens yeah. and what to do about it and, and ways to recover, not just financially, but emotionally. Yeah. So I just wanted to be more informed about how That's to help really good of you to yeah. do yeah um, just so that i i mean i can speak about my own experience sure i know it very well but yeah did you did you like anna or did you like like the activities and the sort of like lifestyle that you, that you guys had together it's a good question and i i really liked i liked anna yeah. honestly i and i don't want to sound um like I can't, I can't complain eating in a place like Le Cuckoo, which is right. this like extremely fancy restaurant. But at the same time, it's not actually where I would have chosen to eat. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't complain. It's very nice. Yeah. That's yeah. so bratty. <laughs> right. Like yeah. there wasn't a huge range of things right. we did together. We yeah. weren't going all over town. It was mostly yeah. just It wasn't like, oh, I got hotel. to like do all of these cool things that I would never have been able to do. It was like right. you got to do these three things over and over and over again. Totally. Right. <laughs> and I think it's also something I have to remind myself like I – I wasn't looking for a ticket out of somewhere. Like I had this yeah. job I yeah. loved. It was my dream job. I like was very happy in my life before I met Anna. I uh -huh. got to eat out, go to cool places through yeah. through work or through like it just wasn't a world I was unfamiliar with. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, I had traveled to Havana, to like Northern Ireland, to yeah. Paris. Like I've been yeah. I've been Right. Places. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't like she was taking you out of your sheltered no, life. No, and yeah. so it was really like that you yeah. you guys got along. So did you miss her after after all this happened as a friend um you know i think because our friendship was fairly condensed compared yeah. to the fallout mm -hmm. so the balance really tipped so when i look back at the friendship it was always through this lens of this person put me through hell right that said there were kind of like painful occasions where i'd find myself making some like random like sound effect or like saying some like turn of phrase you know when you're yeah, like yeah, yeah and you, i can't think of an example but like you'll have something you say back and forth and you mirror yes. each other like for a while like there was stuff like that that, that i would do and i would, ugh, I would i felt like i had been like infected by something right, right. like so upset you or gross yeah. you out yeah yeah, I, yeah, just, yeah I, I don't much i don't miss that friendship and i yeah. and i'm very really, like very lucky i have wonderful friends that you know give me a lot more profound of a friendship mm -hmm. um than what i like anna we didn't, I didn't confide in her much. Mm -hmm. She didn't yeah. like, know me on that deep of a level. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for people who haven't been following along at home, can you tell us sort of what the fallout has been since the trial and what, what's, what the story is with Anna now? Um, Anna was convicted on, oop, I'm. Five, five. Yeah. Are you not allowed? No, I can tell. Oh, I yeah. can say anything. I just can't remember the number. So five I don't want to give you. eight. <laughs> yeah. Fake news. That's okay. Yeah. Um, she was convicted of some crimes. She was. She was okay. actually found not guilty towards me, which yeah. was painful and felt wrong because I lived through it and I'm, I know it was. But um, 
Sometimes, but there's an explanation of yeah. th- how this happens, and I yeah, like having been on a jury, I can yeah. There there's like some where you sort of have to if people aren't all on the same page about right. things, you sort of have to split the difference and say like, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to convict on these charges and maybe not these, so that yeah. everybody feels comfortable with the outcome. Absolutely, and ultimately, like I really didn't engage in the well. My motive for participating in the judicial process and for facilitating her arrest wasn't ever totally about my experience mm-hmm. with her. It was about preventing her from doing it to other people. Yes. So it felt good. I still felt positive and I got closure coming away from it because she is now in prison for, I think it's four to 12 years, which okay. yeah. seems like a wide span, but somewhere in right. there. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think that's... yeah. So that was satisfying for that part of, of this was, was... Reassuring. Yeah. 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 That there's a system, that there's a system for these things. And it works in some places. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So what's next for you now? Well, the book is, uh, well, I guess by the time this airs, it'll be be freshly out. out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And and I'm excited to see. I'm I'm taking just this next month or so to just reevaluate and think about where to go from here. We're excited to follow you. Thank you. Thank you. you. Likewise. And congratulations on, you know, turning this into at least a, a positive, I don't know, would you call it a positive experience ultimately? Lemonade. Um, yeah. It is lemonade It's like for an sure. Arnold Palmer maybe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I would, I would never, I wouldn't say it was worth it because um, yeah. I don't feel that way. I, I would much rather be somewhere back where I was working yeah. at Vanity Fair and yeah. thinking about like my next career move from there. Yeah. Um, I'm very proud to be where I am and I'm Good. very grateful for the opportunities opportunities I've had subsequent to the Good. negative experience. So yeah. yeah, positive from here on out. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's right. right. Thanks, Thank Rachel. you so much, Rachel. Thank you. That's the show. This has been a production of Dear Media. You can listen to us wherever podcasts are found, like Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. And hey, leave us a review. Follow us at Of A Kind on Instagram and Twitter and like our Facebook page. If you have ideas or requests for the show, email them to a few things at ofakind.com. To advertise on our podcast, that's advertising at ofakind.com. Our intro music is Butterfield. East is performed and written by the Soulful Saints. 